I want to read for you some powerful words by Nelson Mandela. I have walked that long road to freedom. I have tried not to falter. I have made missteps along the way, but I've discovered the secret that after climbing a great hill, one only finds that there are more hills to climb. I've taken a moment here to rest, to steal a view of the glorious vista that surrounds me, to look back on the distance I have come. But I can rest only for a moment, for with freedom comes responsibilities, and I dare not linger. For my long walk has not yet ended. Our Unitarian Universalist Association recently named 14 welcoming days of observance. 14 LGBTQ plus events and days of remembrance for annual recognition and celebration. These days and seasons are important to transgender, queer, non-binary communities because they bring visibility and affirmation after generations of invisibility and erasure. These days remind us all that all of who you are is sacred. All of who you are is welcome. The Unitarian Church of Vancouver was certified by the UUA as an officially welcoming congregation in 1995 at the very forefront of Vancouver faith communities. Our National Canadian Unitarian Council has passed many resolutions and made many public statements on gender and sexual orientation issues and in 2003 was very active in achieving the goal of equal marriage in Canada. We can be proud of the work that has been done. And we know that the work of being welcoming is never complete. Last year, thanks to a grant from West Trust, you have begun efforts to re-enter to recertify as a welcoming congregation again by offering programs and events in order to ensure that lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, intersex, asexual, two-spirit, genderqueer, non-binary, and the like feel fully welcomed, centered, and embraced in this congregation. One of the five practices on the journey to renew this commitment is marking the 14 welcoming days of observance. So we will be doing this another 13 times. This Wednesday, September 23rd, is Celebrate Bisexuality Day. 
If you're bi, it's your day. Celebrate yourself. If you're not bi, celebrate the bisexuals in your life. Let them know you see them in all their fullness. If you think you don't know anyone who identifies as being bisexual, non-binary, or gender-fluid person, think again. And recommit to recognizing and valuing the whole person, not ignoring and thereby erasing essential parts of the whole. The UCV Genders and Sexuality Alliance holds monthly film discussions and check-ins. And the bathrooms of Hewitt Hall have new signs proudly declaring that all genders are welcome. Well done, GSA. This congregation is no stranger to the work of social justice. And I am learning so much about you and love hearing the stories. Some of you have been arrested in protesting pipeline expansions. You've provided fundraising efforts for coastal First Nations to help them in fighting dams and fish farms and mines, as well as rights to their ocean waters. You have championed the critical causes of wild salmon, stopping food wastage. You collected red dresses for a First Nations art installation along a pipeline route. You've been active supporters of the White Poppy campaign and shown up at countless marches and rallies and demonstrations. You sponsored dozens of international refugees and put together a Green New Deal town hall meeting in a moment. You've started a reconciliation working group that is really working. You even have some people sitting in trees. Now that was a new one for me, the tree sitters. I might need to get in on that one. And that's only part of what you've been up to. Wow, you folks are really something special. You embody what it means to be part of a Unitarian faith community. Unitarian Universalism has long had as its first two guiding principles, the commitment to affirm and promote the inherent worth and dignity of every person and justice, equity, and compassion in human relations. These remind us to be thoughtful and fair and to value people for who they are and to act to dismantle barriers to equality. The third, fourth, and fifth principles are about how we support one another in communities that are dedicated to the free and responsible search for truth and meaning. The sixth principle charges us to work towards a goal of world community with peace and liberty and justice for all, making us mindful that true democracy and what we deem basic human rights are not universal. 
and that we are bound by shared humanity to our siblings around the world with responsibilities. The seventh principle, I know you're all familiar with this one, is respect for the interdependent web of all existence of which we are a part. And that calls us to recognize and cherish the wondrous creation all around us and to be humble stewards of the earth. The proposed eighth principle of Unitarian Universalism asks that we covenant to affirm and promote journeying towards spiritual wholeness by working to build a diverse, multicultural, beloved community by our actions that accountably dismantle racism and other oppressions in ourselves and in our institutions. The Eighth Principle Initiative challenges us to renew our commitment to this anti-racism work, to hold ourselves accountable, and to fulfill the potential of our existing principles to build truly inclusive communities of faith. There is much work to be done. And oh my goodness, that's a lot to expect of ourselves and others while we're also dealing with a pandemic. It can feel overwhelming. When the shutdown started in March, I was working as a chaplain in a hospital in Winnipeg. And after several weeks of daily escalations of fearful reports on the news and restrictions, and precautions isolating people more and more and sustaining the pressure of high anxieties in a highly anxious workplace. I stopped listening to the news. I stopped following my regular connections to the world that kept me involved, kept me engaged, even tangentially in what was happening outside of my bubble. I didn't want to hear any more about the N95 masks being shipped or not to Canada, or the politically charged military attacks on peaceful protesters in the States, or the humanitarian crises in refugee camps across the world, and even in Chicago prisons. I stuck my head in the sand. I wanted to sleep through the pandemic. Any of you? Until I heard a name. George Floyd. Being repeated over and over. And the familiar plaintive cry, I can't breathe. I shook myself and I snapped out of it. Realizing 
that the very fact that I could choose to turn the world off is a privilege. It's an unearned privilege that I have by living in a white body in a system of white supremacy. And others don't have that luxury. To live by my values, to be true to my Unitarian Universalist faith, I have to stay awake, stay woke. I saw around me that brown bodies of indigenous people in Winnipeg were at much higher risk of exposure to COVID-19 due to poverty and living conditions, that the outlying indigenous communities did not have the same access to testing or treatment as the city, and that my indigenous patients were more impacted by the restrictions on hospital visitors than the white patients, and that they could use some special care and sensitivity to their cultural and spiritual needs. The work was right in front of me. And the truth is that we simply cannot call ourselves Unitarian Universalists if we are not engaged individually and corporately in the work of anti-racism and multiculturalism, even when we fall short. The call is to remain awake even when the urge to return to sleep is strong. This, this is a time to renew our commitment to doing the work that we are called to do. We are over the hurdle of figuring out the limitations of social distancing and finding out how we can safely and responsibly stay connected in shared purpose and shared community. And I am amazed. I am impressed with the creativity and the tenacity of our folks, of you folks. My colleague, Reverend Samaya Oakley, the minister of the South Fraser Unitarians, she says her new personal spiritual practice is to stand along the street in front of the church every Saturday from one till two, masked and distanced from other members, holding signs to declare the community, let, to declare to the community that we see injustice being perpetrated on all of our people of color, whether they be black or brown or indigenous. Standing out there on the street, holding signs that say black lives matter. You can join her, I will. We must continue to do the essential work of justice and renewal, delving into the work of dismantling the systems of colonization, of oppression, and white supremacy culture. We have to keep on having 
difficult conversations, difficult and uncomfortable conversations to explore our own experience of racial identity, of bias, of the impact of our words and actions and assumptions. We have to bring to the center the voices from the margins and listen to them. We have to keep paying attention to the news even when it sucks. Even when what's happening seems sometimes far away and disconnected, we must remember that we are all connected. And what happens to one of us happens to all of us. We must keep learning and talking. Dr. Ibrahim X. Kendall, who wrote the book, Anti-Racist Baby, that Kirsten read for us, he also wrote a book for adults with the rather on-the-nose title, How to Be an Anti-Racist. He says that the opposite of racist isn't not racist. It's a liberating read that asks us to think about what an anti-racist society might look like and how we might be able to play an active role in building it. Does it sound like us? You good folks, you are not sleeping or hiding. You are figuring out new technologies and developing new programs to renew your commitment to put your faith into action. The Unitarian Church of Vancouver's Social Justice Committee is taking a page from Reverend Samaya Oakley's book, and this is happening tomorrow. Take a note. The announcement reads, Faith in Action, the Living Wayside Pulpit. Let's meet at 49th and Oak on Monday the 21st at 1 p.m. with placards and banners to confirm our commitment to peace by supporting the United Nations International Day of Peace with signs saying, Stop Arming Saudi, or Peace Now, or Stop War, No Fighter Jets, Defund the Military, or whatever you want your sign to say. Come to the corner of UCV, corner of 49th and Oak, tomorrow at 1 with your sign. Last night, late last night, an email came from the UCV Reconciliation Network to take part in a wild salmon die-in, die-off street drama this Tuesday. Tuesday morning in front of the Department of Fisheries and Oceans, you get to dress up as young salmon in blue and green and swim around drummers and singers enacting a dramatic death to draw attention to the real threat to this critical species. Doesn't that sound great? And I would go, but I already have a ticket that morning to Kent Monkman's exhibit, Shame and Prejudice, a story of resilience at the Museum of Anthropology. Yet another thing to do. And we can't do it all, but we can do some. The Wednesday action evenings have started up, and if you haven't been yet, 
do stop by on Zoom to participate in conversations about how we can do social justice differently. And Huguette Sansonet, she let us know that yet another UCV-sponsored refugee has arrived in Vancouver and is now isolating and preparing to begin their new life. And that's just the start of this week. There is much more faith in action to be done. Will you renew your commitment to it? I will close with a familiar quote from Dr. Howard Thurman. Keep fresh before me the moments of my high resolve that in fair weather or in foul, in good times or in tempests, I may not forget that to which my life is committed. Keep fresh before me the moments of my high resolve. Amen.